We're talking money, but without the filters. It's the one thing that none of us can escape, but that we still can't talk about without cringing. I'm Victoria, Millennial Financial Advisor. And I'm Ellie, Money Coach and founder of This Girl Talks Money. Each week, we'll be having a no-holds-barred conversation about real-life money. Nothing's off limits here, so grab yourself a coffee or a cheeky glass of wine and settle on in. Hello, hello. It feels like I've not seen you in ages. How have you been this week? Hello. I'm not going to lie. This week I've really been struggling for creativity. It's just such a huge part of my job these days. So I am really ready to be able to meet people and discuss ideas and be inspired again rather than by my own four walls. How are you up there? Yeah, I think a lot of people have felt really flat this week for some reason. I've actually been really busy with client work in preparation for the tax year end, but I'm really excited to talk to you because today's topic is one very close to home for me. I'm really excited to have this chat too, and I have to admit, it's something I haven't thought about until now in all too much detail, and all will become clear very shortly once we have revealed our best and worst investments of the week. So... Hit me. What have you been spending this week? What are your best? What are your worst? Finally, I have a big purchase. I spent £200 on tickets to go see Black Coffee in London in June. And I'll admit, it's a bit of a strange thought being surrounded by loads of people in a public space. I can't quite get my head around it yet, but honestly, I just can't wait. I'm not someone who likes to go out all the time, but with the confines of lockdown, I have been feeling like it's time to bring back the party days and black coffee is just incredible in my eyes. So yeah, absolutely can't wait. I also think actually it's made a really big difference just knowing I've got something in my diary to look forward to. So I would say that's money well spent. I think it was a great investment. Uh, My worst investment is a usual case of hidden charges. I needed some new antivirus software and I thought I was being really sensible, did all the research and everything said Total AV was the one to go with at the bargain price of £20 a year. Also, I thought. When I looked at my statement, I did see a payment for £20 a year, but then there was also another charge for £70 from Total AV, which was automatically deducted. So not thrilled about that, to say the least. What have you got this week? Oh, I honestly hate hidden charges so much. So I hear you on that one. My best. Well, I feel a little bit nervous admitting this one because I know some people are going to roll their eyes, but the whole thing that I'm about is real life spending, reality, and it has been a long time coming. So a few months ago, I borrowed my lovely neighbor's Dyson Airwrap, and I really hoped it wouldn't be that good. Turns out it's good, really good. But There has been a stock issue in the UK, I know because I tweeted Dyson, and I've been keeping my eye out and yesterday it came back into stock, so I had to go for it. So I spent a lot on that, but I'm so excited for it to arrive. It's coming later today and I'm going to have bouncy flowy hair all summer, so that is my best. 
on the flip side, worst, there's definitely a theme emerging with my worsts each week, but it's another food one. This time we've got dodgy bananas. And in case you haven't noticed, I'm a little bit fussy about food. I was that kid at school who hated sandwiches. So on school trips, my lunchbox was crisps and a bread roll. But this week I got a bunch of bananas and they all looked okay, but within a day they deteriorated and went really off and icky. So I wasn't pleased about that. So that is my best and worst for the week. <laughs> well, listen, congratulations on your Dyson Air app. I can't wait for you to have it and can't wait to borrow it. So brill. Uh, but tell me, what are we talking about this week? So this week, I had an email from Sophie in Brighton, who is 29, and it's all about the cost of being single. The letter says, like most girls growing up, I had a plan to find my Prince Charming and settle down by 22. But it turns out dating doesn't quite go like that. And after a few years of being in a relationship that didn't work out, I'm happy being single. There is one huge downside though. Everything financial is so stacked against singles. One day I'm sure I'll meet someone and settle down, but for now that's just not a priority. But is it just me or is everything way more expensive as a single person? Is there a way around this or is the world just set up for couples? And if so, how is this the case in 2021? First of all, Sophie, thank you for this message. And it is not just you. I honestly am so baffled that in a world where we have Apple Pay and Deliveroo, we are still being penalised for being single. As a fellow singleton, I know all about this and there are just so many things that are more expensive for us. I have to say, I've noticed this. The place I've always noticed this difference, being single, was the supermarket of all places. Of course, it makes sense that the more you buy, the lower the cost, but it doesn't make it fair on the people who have to spend more money to buy less. And often it just means that there ends up being food waste, which ends up in the bin. I used to get so frustrated about this, especially with bags of salad. Plus, there's been this huge spike in food delivery companies over the last few years, like HelloFresh and Mindful Chef. And although lots of them offer one-person portions, the cost is far more than a double portion. It's mad because if there was a clear benefit to men over women, it would be discriminatory, yet it's totally acceptable to give financial benefits to couples over singles. What about you? Is there anywhere that you've noticed the cost to be far higher when you're single? Well, I think you're right that the food thing's key. And that's actually really interesting about the food boxes because I didn't know that. But I'm someone who cooks pretty much every night and I mean, to buy single portion ingredients isn't easy. And when you do find them, they're more expensive. So I always cook two portions. And yes, ideally, I would have one portion for dinner and save the rest for lunch. But let's be real, nine times out of 10, I eat both portions. So not only am I spending far more than necessary, but I'm also eating more than necessary. Clearly not great for my bank balance or my waistline. But 
Another major area is the cost of living. Whether you're renting or buying, you pay massively more for a one bed or a studio per person than you do for a two bed property. And of course, a lot of us do flat shares to lower costs, but these usually involve sharing a bathroom. And look, I mean, I've been there and done it. And I would say I'm pretty low maintenance, but I just feel like sharing a bathroom, usually with people you don't know, just isn't ideal. So for renters, it takes much longer to be able to afford something that's more comfortable. And for buyers, it takes much, much longer to get on the property ladder when you have no one to share that big deposit with. There's also the argument that a one-bedroom property or a studio isn't as good of an investment as a two-bedroom property. So a lot of singles who want to buy will typically be trying to buy a two-bed. So they're effectively having to save the same deposit as a couple, not to mention that you need double the household income of someone who's buying with a partner. Yeah, and holidays are similar too, right? Because Hotel rooms are typically designed for two people as standard, and hotels definitely are not cheap, especially the nice ones. Although I've got some stories about that another time and my experiences in cheap hotels. But anyway, this ends up making it disproportionately expensive to go on holiday on your own, which a lot of people would choose to do if it was affordable. I wonder though, Do you think that there is this underlying widespread assumption that everyone wants to be in a relationship and will end up so eventually? Which then means that there isn't enough incentive for companies and governments to prioritise making it less expensive for singles. For sure. I mean, there are significant financial incentives to be married and not just the things we've been talking about. I mean, genuine policies that make a real difference to our lives. And I'm sure that when these incentives were created, it made sense at the time, given family dynamics and what life was like. And to answer your question, I suppose I can see an argument both ways. On one hand, you would think that surely financial help should be given to those who are in a much worse position financially and are struggling, where they'd be better off if they had a partner. But on the other hand, I do sort of think that deep down, a lot of people ultimately do want a partner. And there are loads of studies going around at the moment that prove the devastating effects of loneliness and the massive benefits of having good relationships in our day-to-day lives. So with that in mind, maybe it isn't brilliant to incentivize people to stay single. I mean... There's just no right or wrong here, is there? It's really tricky. And unfortunately, it isn't black and white at all. But what I do think is that it's harder to find a partner these days that we're going to stay with long term. And there are so many reasons for this, which I can rant to you about another time. But I do think it's harder. And whilst lots of us are paying a high price for being single, it can feel really unfair. But what do you think from your perspective? I agree. And I absolutely think that popular culture has a huge part to play in this, which is hugely outdated. And there has definitely been a rise in conversations about women who don't want to follow the traditional marriage and babies path. Yet there's definitely still this stereotype that those women are strange or the odd ones out. So I think we've got a long way to go if we want to normalise that. 
Hearse, this really winds me up, but men who stay single into their 40s and 50s are seen as bold, attractive, mysterious guys who don't want to settle down because there's too much fun to have. And yet women are depicted as sad and desperate, like, well, Bridget Jones, who, let me remind you, is only 32. It's just another classic case of women being presented far more negatively than men as singles to add to the list. Oh my goodness. I mean, Bridget Jones is only 32. That is so crazy. And you're so right. I mean, compare our poor beloved Bridget to Harvey Specter, who's 44. That's 12 years older than Bridget. And he's single, yet he's sexy and gorgeous and powerful. Brilliant. Although, one thing I will say in defense of single men is that they have a greater cost, and that is the cost of dating. Now, I would love to think that the world has changed enough that it's normal for men and women to share the cost of dating equally. And you know the things I mean, dinners, flowers, chocolates, the rest. And I know that online dating is obviously a big game changer, But the reality is that for people who are actively going on dates, it's costing on average £1,350 a year and men are spending double what women are spending on dates. Interestingly as well, men spend more money on preparing for the date, which I did think was surprising. But I'm wondering if that's just because they can't be bothered to iron a shirt and they'd rather just go out and buy a new one. Just kidding. I know loads of you men who are capable of ironing. Anyway, I did a little digging to find out how much we're spending on the dates themselves. And the average date in the UK, so that's dinner for two, a bottle of wine, cinema tickets, and a five-mile taxi ride, will set you back £89. And surprise, surprise, in London, it's more London is actually the second most expensive city in the world to date with an average date night costing £117 and the only city that tops London is Oslo. Gosh, well, I'd love to say I'm surprised, but as with many things about the cost of living in London, I am not. But I do wonder whether dating habits will have changed over the last year for the better though. Because I know a lot of people have been reluctant to embrace the pandemic dating scene, but it has worked for a lot of people too. And the lack of expensive date options has meant that simple dates have become more common, like a walk in the park and having a takeaway coffee rather than these flashy dinners. So of course, there are lots of things people are excited to get back to post-lockdown, but I do think that priorities might have shifted a little bit away as they have done in other areas of life, you know? Yeah, that's such a good point, and I think you're right. I mean, we'll have to wait and see what happens, but I know a lot of people have actually found new partners during the pandemic, and actually, I think that getting rid of the pressure and expectations of the big flashy dates has to make for a much better dating experience. And surely, it just makes more sense to first find out whether there's a genuine connection with someone without all the fancy dinners and big romantic gestures, and instead save those things for someone that you've actually decided that you want to invest some serious time in. 
Exactly. And another thing that always gets me about singles is that there's the cost of celebrating events that typically tie to couples as well to add on top. There, again, are so many layers to this discussion and it's a whole other conversation as to whether we celebrate the right occasions. But the reality is that hem parties, housewarmings, baby showers, they can all end up being really expensive. And although everyone attending shares those costs, when you're single, you're far less likely to be demanding on your friend's money. You're not asking them to spend lots in a short space of time, whereas it can become really expensive as well as emotionally exhausting at times. If you are single and you're attending a lot of these events without your own ones on the horizon, plus the financial pressure of being single can also make people rush into relationship decisions that they wouldn't be making otherwise if it wasn't so expensive to be single. And I know personally, I have definitely made some massively poor decisions in the past, which were partly driven by this exact point. And it doesn't sit right with me that so many people are making those decisions, which can compromise their mental health and sometimes their safety just to save money. Have you ever been tempted to move in with an ex to save money before you've been ready to? Well, I haven't thought about moving in with an ex, although maybe that says more about the quality of my exes than anything else. But I have thought about moving in with someone I've been dating to save on costs, even when it's too soon in the relationship. And I've never actually gone ahead and done it. But I know a lot of people have done this, especially during COVID. And I can totally understand why this happens. Because look, I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface today. And already we can see what a massive difference it makes to our financial situation. One thing that I definitely have done is spent far too much money on rent to live comfortably alone in central London. And as much as I feel like it was a waste of money, I'd probably do the same again, given the same set of circumstances. Well, I'm so glad that we've opened up this conversation because I don't think it's talked about enough, to be honest. And I really hope it does make any of you single people out there realise that you are not alone. Finally, before we sign off, go on, Victoria, leave us with a quote for today. I have a great one today, courtesy of my fabulous friend Marion, who gave us a Catherine Hepburn quote, which is bang on topic. It says, if you're given a choice between money and sex appeal, take the money. As you get older, the money will become your sex appeal. I absolutely love that. And I just want to say thank you so much, everyone, to listening. If you are still here, please hit subscribe, share the podcast, leave us your comments, and we will see you again next week.